Welcome to the number one South Asian radio station in North America. Ruckus Avenue Radio. I'm a doctor, a father, an American, an Indian. I've had conversations about life from every angle, and as I've navigated the South Asian experience, I share stories of people and their purpose, and what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm Abhay Darnikar, and on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, I'm joined by the youngest ever chess grandmaster, Indian-American Abhimanyu Mishra. Stay tuned. Strategy, patience, calculation, instinct. They're all skills that come in handy in so many of life's situations and have an array of applications. Like subscribing to this podcast, telling a friend about it, and following us on the socials at My Good Friend. An even better demonstration of these skills comes in the form of chess, a game that I admittedly don't play very often, but has a place in my pop culture-driven mind. The opening chess duel scene of a James Bond movie, or of course, Wizard's Chess in Harry Potter. I also know that as a classic game whose roots live in India, there's an incredibly proud history to chess that can now add a 12-year-old Indian-American from Englishtown, New Jersey to this storied and royal game. Abhimanyu Mishra started playing chess very early and became the youngest US Chess Federation expert and a national master when he was nine, and then the youngest international master when he was 10. So what does a chess enthusiast like Abhi do during a pandemic? With remote coaching from a traditional chess gurukul that included 30 grandmasters, training for 12 hours a day for several months, and a lot of loving support from his dad and his family, this 12-year-old who also likes soccer, karate, video games, and just hanging out with his friends, navigated through a complex and challenging system of norms and scoring and a grueling set of tournaments in Hungary, to earn the title of Grandmaster and become the youngest ever to do so. We caught up to chat about the experience, about some of his role models, and about advice he has for future chess champions. While I also chatted briefly with his dad, Hemant, Abhimanyu and I started by talking about the feeling and emotions of this amazing achievement. Abhi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me here. It's a pleasure. The feeling that you accomplished being a, a Grandmaster do you remember kind of feeling the same way ever before? It must have been both kind of exciting and uh, a sense of, of relief kind of at the same time. Have you ever gone through something like that? I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe for my last record too, the youngest international master, that was yeah. also getting very, very tight. And I made it in the last tournament. So so both of these times, it was very, it, so it, for this grandmaster achievement, we had to go to Hungary for three months and, yeah. And finally, after it's over, I, I felt very good, of course. Right, right. But still, right? I mean, it's a lot of work and, and a lot of effort that goes in at the at the time when you were going through this and traveling and also really preparing for all of this. Um, was it also kind of a, a sense of relief that like, yeah, hey, we finally made it? Yes, of course. It was a very, very big relief. Because if I didn't make it, we would have to come back and there was another event. I'll play another 15 days and it was getting already too much. Yeah. So, and I mean, last few tournaments, I was also missing very marginally by half point, one point. So finally breaking it was just, but winning the final game was just amazing. 
How does that feel sometimes to sort of be right at the point where you're almost there, but you're not quite, you know, at the end? Um, is that more motivating? Does that make you feel like you want it even more? Or um, yes, you know? but yes, at the, like you know that you're capable of getting the thing, but at the same time, it's also very frustrating that yeah. in some in some games, I mean, we stayed there for three three and a half months, right? So. I was getting tired after a point and all my games were going out and yeah, it was very, and, and I was missing Marshall. It was very painful. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how do you deal with, because, you know, of course it, uh, a very, very few, a select, uh, amount of chess players make it to your level, um, ever in, in the history of chess, but for more, most of us who are, you know, kind of very junior or novice players at chess, you know, we have to deal with that frustration kind of all the time. How, how do you deal with that kind of frustration, especially at the level where you're at? Generally, even after I lose a game or, or draw like a winning position or something like that, like whenever something goes wrong, I try not to focus on that and just play my best in the next game because there's no point to mess up the whole tournament just because the first game went bad. Right, right. Does that get better with experience? Yes, um, of course. It's because it's, at first when you play chess, you think that you cannot be beaten and stuff. I mean, that's always there. And once you lose, you get, you get very, very upset. But yeah, over a period of time, I learned to deal with the losses. When you were in Hungary and at some of these more recent tournaments, were there other uh, people kind of not so young as you, but other teenagers, other folks who were there who were kind of in the same age category? Yes, there were there were a bunch of them to name a few. There were there was uh, there was the strong grandmaster I beat in the last game, Leon Mu. Leon Luke Mendonca. There's uh, another Indian child day. Yeah, there were a bunch of people. I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't the only one there. Of course, no right. one was, was young as me, but yeah, around the age group. And how did that feel? I mean, were, did you actually have to face any of these folks who were um, a little bit younger? Um, does it feel different playing against somebody who's much, much older versus someone who's kind of approximately your age? I mean, I don't really care who I'm playing. Everything, everything, what matters is the moves on the board and how, how the game yeah. is going. I mean, I don't right. really, I try not to get affected by these things. Sure, sure. And, you know, even when you're not playing, just having those kinds of folks around who may be, you know, uh, it might be a little bit easier to relate to them because they're yeah, kind of your age and stuff. What, what was, how was that? Is, was there some feeling of kind of camaraderie with those guys? But I mean, okay, it was almost like there was most of the time it was a game every day. So things were very tight and okay, I didn't really get time to talk to them and stuff. But yeah, you know, during these tournaments and because things are so tight, there's a game a day. And when you um, are, how do you recharge for the next match? Is there uh, some way that you do that that allows you to then sort of be in the state of mind where you don't get fatigued? Yes, before uh, I've learned some breathing exercises, so that definitely helps. And also before every game, I do a short prayer. So that keeps me concentrated, focused and so on. That's great. So, I mean, that that's certainly helpful for the most part for, uh, you know, you've been a young champion for a while now, but maybe to those who may not know the scoring systems or the process of becoming a grandmaster, can you explain what it takes to be a grandmaster in chess? Like to, to those folks who may not know anything about chess. Sure. So to reach, a, a, to become a grandmaster, what you need is, a, you need a rating of 2,500 mm -hmm. and you need three norms. A norm is basically out of nine games, you have to score a certain number of points and you have to have a performance rating over 2,600. So 
So, I mean, what happened for me was I had two norms in the first like three tournaments when then I hit a dry streak of like about four or five tournaments. Yeah. But at least I was going up. So I was able to touch 2,500. So that pressure wasn't there anymore. And final tournament, I was able to deliver. That's awesome. And I mean, is this scoring system one that um, players at your level, you have to get, you know, this kind of rating? Uh, do you have to even win a certain amount of tournaments to get to some of these tournaments in the first place? I mean, sometimes it's like that, but most of the times, I mean, these are all, yeah, these are invitational and the problem, there's two ways you can get norms. One is in some kind of open tournament and the other is some kind of closed tournament, which I was playing. The mm -hmm. thing in a closed tournament is, is uh, there's like nine rounds and you get to know the players like a bit in advance and you can prepare for them. In open tournaments, I mean, things, it's, there's also, yeah, you can't prepare for them. And also at the same time, there's some some federation things like you need to play at least three grandmasters and some foreign federations but these closed tournaments they make they make sure that that happens first and then they they come up with a list and they see they say you need x points to get the knob and i mean for you did you um did you were you able to celebrate or you know kind of do something fun uh or or for that matter you know kind of even pause and reflect upon it a little bit yes i mean for the last few days after coming there was so much chess in the last 70 80 days so yeah. I've been taking, I'm not really doing much chess nowadays and yeah, I'm just trying to have some more fun. But I mean, uh, the reason why we're not going out and stuff is still this COVID, uh, this COVID is still going on. And I, I, I recently got my first shot. So after my second shot, two weeks, we'll probably go out and have some kind of party or something. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like, of course, you've been doing this for, for so long, even in your young life. When do you first actually remember playing chess what's your what's your first kind of chess memories i remember when i was two and a half my dad started teaching me how to play the like which pieces are which and how to move them and i played my first tournament when i was five so yeah yeah those were amazing memories was that kind of your uh hobby or or, or thing of choice to do when you had some when whenever you wanted like that was yes. the one thing that you really really enjoyed Yes, uh, my dad, he first introduced me into this game because uh, around that time, uh, kids were getting uh, too addicted to electronics, so he wanted me to do something else. So he thought he saw this was an amazing alternative, so he, cho he we chose it, and I, I liked the game, so I kept on playing. And, you know, a lot of times for many, many kids, you know, they have multiple things that they, they love doing, whether it's chess or things outdoors or art or anything like that. Were there other things that were, especially when you were younger, that were kind of competing for your attention that you said like, well, I, I like chess, but I also like Legos or I like uh, drawing or yes, something like there that. Were, there, yeah, things like that. Even now it's like that. Uh, I mean, I, of course, I want to spend more time with my friends and stuff. So yeah. And like playing video games, but okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I enjoy these things a lot, but I, I feel chess is more important. So most of the right. time is going into chess and sometime every day I play. Well, when you, when you were little, were there other things, whether they're video games and stuff that yeah, were like I that remember, your favorites? Yeah. When I was very young, I remember I used to go to some kind of soccer class and karate class. So those were also very fun. So yeah. But after, yeah. after a certain point, you have to make sure that like, you can keep doing it, but you have to do it like way less because this is a this is a much more demanding game. Than right, it seems like. right, and it takes a, a lot of practice and focus and and real attention to it. When do you you know do you ever at that point when you were little were you playing chess with your your family or your friends or, or other folks or when when do you remember sort of 
it getting to the point where you're like, okay, hey, this is kind of serious. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm playing people who are, uh, you know, now of a different caliber than just my family and friends. I mean, I guess that happens the first few tournaments, but yeah, before that I used to play against some kind of some, uh, some, bot, some chess bots some very simple bot and yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started learning from there and then once after a few tournaments, things got, things went up. You mentioned that the last couple of weeks and months were very, you know, taxing, right? I mean, it takes a lot of stamina to go through this and, and people think of chess as like an intelligence game of like a lot of skill and strategy and, and that sort of thing. But I wonder if you can describe the kind of almost like physical stamina that's involved, especially when you're playing for so long and when you're preparing for a match, like how, how much of a physical toll does it take on? Yes, there's, there's, there's a lot of toll. And I mean, most of these games, they go for at least five, six hours. I mean, it yeah. could go for more, but yeah, most of them finish in like five, six hours. I still remember a story when I was five, uh, I played in some open events. So there were two games a day and both of them would go for six hours. And as a five-year-old in the, in the second game of the day, it was already like very late. I had a winning position against someone and some old, some, some person. And, and then they realized I was five and they didn't move for one and a half hour. Like I was getting very tired and at some point I, I even offered a draw. Right. But right. but he, he declined. And I, I mean, I had to lose one game for no reason. And so next year, the, the next year I developed a habit of sleeping in the daytime. That definitely helps me a lot. Mm. So like whenever I get some time bef uh, between the rounds, I sleep, I take a nap. So next next year, the same event happened. Again, the similar situation I'm playing as uh, some strong player. Uh, it's very, very late. And this time I was better equipped to deal with this kind of thing. And it was a completely draw game and somewhere he messed up and I was able to win. So that's awesome. Is that the way it works? Like you, you play one game, you learn something and the next game you try and improve on that. Yes. That's always been there that like, I feel that if you don't look at your own games and figure out what's wrong or how to improve, then you, you can never go up above a certain point because it's like, you're not ready for any kind of advice. Right. And so do you have to be kind of humble? when you're playing chess in that way? Yes, I mean, you have to, to go up, you have to acknowledge what kind of mistakes you made and try to work on them. Right. You know, like I have, I have some really strong coaches, uh, Arun Prasad Subramaniam and Magesh Chandran. So I would, so what would happen is like after, after every game, I would, I would bring the game to them and we would analyze and I'll tell them what I was thinking during the game and this is how I, how I would keep improving. Well, five, six hours of video is a long thing to watch, right? I hope it gets compressed uh, after that. <laughs> yes. You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. After a quick break, we'll come back and briefly chat also with Hemant Mishra, Abhimanyu's dad. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. So in chatting with Abhimanyu, I was so curious to learn from Abhimanyu's dad, Hemant, about what he and his family learned in this process and some of his own reflections on parenting his very resilient son through this arduous journey. The weird part was that whatever I was telling him, I did not go through the whole process myself. I'm not that good player. Yeah. 
so sometimes it happens that he used to tell me that uh, i mean it's very difficult i mean when a super grandmaster is telling you something or a world champion is telling you something you take those points that yes the other guy knows that much but right. i not being that good uh, luckily we have all the advanced softwares and i i know how to use that so with that i was able to help him to the fullest but there were cases where he was not convinced and then there were some arguments i mean nothing was smooth right this is the this is the natural normal relationship that uh you know it's different when your dad tells you something versus exactly you know the grandmaster tells you something <laughs> yes what what did this uh, whole process teach you as a parent it definitely taught me to be more patient in life and uh, because in these kind of tournaments we whatever work we put and i mean as a matter of fact any sport at the competitive level at the higher level you do generally you don't get the results immediately yeah. you work for years and years and then then you get to a level that's where results starts coming and you generally get uh, results in a, a much better results in a quick period of time but to get to that point you need to work for years yeah so after he became the youngest international master there was a very rough phase where he could not win a single game for two months and then his rating was not moving up but then consolidate the processes were right and we believed in that process that every loss or every draw we were spending hours to make sure that the similar issues don't come in the subsequent games yeah what do you think this has uh, uh taught your family not only just about chess but about about life i mean i the main reason we wanted to chase this was to make him confident for the rest of his life so i am 100% sure it's possible that another couple of years he may decide not to continue with chess it's possible i mean we cannot rule that out yeah but i am pretty sure that and again down the line also there will be very challenging task and there will be failures but he can he just needs to go back to those days when he was 12 in the middle of pandemic we planned something he worked for 12 hours a day for a extended period of time he delivered that that feeling will give him con- confidence for the rest of his life to take on anything whatever he wants to do thank you thank so you. much for for sharing that thank thank you so much you're listening to trust me i know what i'm doing after another quick break We'll come back to our conversation with chess grandmaster Abhimanyu Mishra. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's join our conversation again with chess grandmaster Abhimanyu Mishra. Let me ask you this, when do you remember I mean it's so hard, right? When when you're 12, but when do you remember that that you were pretty good? When do you remember feeling like, you know, hey, I I'm pretty good at chess? I mean, I don't really I don't remember an exact moment, but of course, that was that's probably there in the start that you think that you're you're the best. But then you then you lose a game and then your confidence goes down like crazy but yeah i guess when i became youngest i am i was very very happy and so i thought okay this is we had so much time for grandmaster let's go and break that also well I, and and as you keep winning and winning is it the kind of thing that your confidence starts building and building 
But the trick maybe is, is that, like you said earlier, that you have to constantly feel like, okay, there are areas that you can improve and continue to get better. Yes, there's the, there's I there's a there are a lot of examples where even after a person wins the game, there's still there's still a lot of things to improve. Like for somewhere they they didn't go with the easiest winning choice, or they messed up something, some somewhere in the game. Do do you find that this has helped you in places outside of chess, like when you yes. are doing other things? Yes, I mean a lot of things in chess you can relate to real life, and I feel that all this kind of all this experience will help me will help me in my future thing and. Whenever I, whenever I feel like I won't be able to break through something, I'll think about this time where we went to Hungary for three months and finally broke it in the last tournament. Right. How about in other either games or sports or when you're, you know, doing homework? Are there, are there certain things in chess that does, are there skills it teaches you like patience or, or even like some kinds of strategy? Yes, it, it requires a lot of patience, of course, because I mean, if you don't have patience, no one can sit for six hours. Yeah. Even That's in a winning cool. position, you're, you're in, it happened, it, it's happened, there have been a number of examples in history where one player is winning and either they get, I don't know, like overconfident or something and they just mess up. Like it's, everything is about one move. Well, you miss one thing and you can go from completely winning to completely dead lost. Right. I mean, it could just sort of like turn on you, right? Like, just like yes. that. Is there, you know, is there such a thing as a, as a perfect chess player? Is that does that exist? No, I feel that every chess player they they play different and they all make mistakes. I mean, even the top of the top, sometimes that you can you can see that even the top of the top sometimes they lose games. I mean, I believe that no one is perfect. There's always scope for improvement. Like earlier, there was a, the strongest engine, Stockfish. I uh, got it was uh, some there was a Google engine. What is it, Alpha Zero? Okay. And that came in and it completely. It completely just destroyed this top engine. So yeah. there's still, even at that very, very, very like above tournament play level, there's still a lot of improvement left. And I mean, how do you feel about that? Like, is it is it better to play against people and to learn how to improve against people, or is there uh, some value to actually learning against the computer or against a bot? Both both of the ways help you, but I mean. Whenever I play a game, I try to analyze it with my coaches and everyone first, and then and then check the engine, because yeah. ch because most of the time the engine just gives you the solution, right? And you don't really learn that much. So I try to I try to talk about the game with the coach, and after that, after they give back their feedback and stuff, then we'll turn on the engine and see what what it says. Let me ask you a different question: How does it feel to be not just a chess grandmaster, but an Indian American chess grandmaster? How does that feel? I mean, it feels amazing to to represent the great country of America, where Bobby Fischer ruled, where Bobby Fischer and it was like the way he ruled back in the days was simply amazing. Right, and I mean, is there some? Uh, do you feel some sense about being an Indian American as well? I mean, yes. I it's good that that I'm from like I'm from both places, but okay, I was I was born and brought up here in you in the U.S. Yeah, but yeah, it feels good that. Whatever I do, it's it's helping the uh, the Indian Americans are also feeling very proud. Well, and because I mean, there there's such a tradition of chess, right, within uh, yes. Indian culture and and the his given the history of chess itself. Yes. And you know, for you, you you've received such you know some pretty amazing uh, congratulations from people like Magnus Carlsen, and I know that 
that you've been fortunate to get some feedback even from Gary Kasparov, you know, as someone who's at kind of the the peak of chess, right? These are two icons um, in Carlson and Kasparov. Are, are there others who you look up to as far as people who you're, are your role models, but not just in the chess world, but outside of the chess world? I mean, another of my role model is the great Vishyanand. Uh-huh. I mean, he also sent a congratulations message. And after after uh, hearing these congratulations, I was very, I was very, very happy. I mean, it, it made my day, it made my dream come true. I mean, I also look up to Magnus Carlsen as after he became world champion, the way he's so consistent and the way he plays is just simply amazing. And, and um, Abi, is there anybody outside of the chess world who you really feel is kind of like a role model? Um, yes. In other areas? Yes. And running Milka Singh, uh, sadly, he passed away a few days ago, but yeah. he was a he was also a huge motivation. I, I, I watched the the movie Bagnol Kabag at least 25, 30 times. It's it's a, it's such an inspiring story from how someone can go to the absolute top. And let me ask you this. I mean, you, you've got some great role models and you yourself mentioned your coaches. Do you do any coaching of players who are junior or for that matter, what or at any age, those who are a little more novice? I mean, I, I'm not coaching currently. The reason is also once you become a coach, you your attention is diverted. I mean, you, you won't be able to play the same way. I mean, sure. It's uh, currently there's, I, I, I might take up coaching in the future, but as of now, there's, there's nothing. When you've coached in the past or you've given advice to other players, have you found that to be rewarding? Have, has that, has that also had some, some added value to how you, you play yourself? I mean, after every game, so say I lose the game, like we go to be talk to the opponent, what he thinks about the game. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, of course, their feedback is also helpful as they're the one who are playing on the other side and 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 uh, their thought process. And yeah, of course, talking to more people about it is definitely helpful. Sometimes even if you win the game, sometimes your opponent is, is even stronger than you and they saw things that you did not see during the game. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's, I've also learned, like I've, I've sometimes given some advice to friends on what to play and stuff. And yes, I mean, talking to them also is also kind of helpful. Have you ever gotten any coaching from someone you've beat? So, yeah, even after sometimes some people are very, very nice. And after, even after losing the game, they, they offer to go over the game with you. And their, insight, their insights are also very, very valuable. Do you, I mean, you, you mentioned that you, you have, like to have fun and you, you like other things. Are, are there other things that you're hoping to do when you get a little more free time that, that you really enjoy? Yeah, definitely. Talk to my talk to my friends more, and yeah, maybe go back to karate classes, or I mean, yeah, all these kind of all these kind of things were very fun for me. Yeah, for you, like, does that add a sense of kind of you know normalizing out like how chess is, of course, such an Im- important part of your life, but um, having your friends, having karate, having some of these other things, does that make it? Um, so that life becomes a little bit more normal, more normal, even though chess is a big, big part of it. Yes, definitely. The social aspect with chess, I mean, it's it's there, but it's not as much. You know, as you've been learning how to be a champion and how to be a grandmaster, what are some of the lessons that you've learned so far um, in being a grandmaster, even for just a, a few weeks now? Yes, I've learned that, I mean, throughout the whole thing, you have to be Throughout the whole game, you have to be uh, patient. You have to be very focused, also, and and I and hard work is also definitely a thing. I mean, without it, you can't go anywhere. 
undoubtedly, right? Someone maybe out there right now or in the future who someday may break this record um, of becoming the world's youngest grandmaster, right? That that person might themselves be two and a half years old right now, or or maybe they're they're out there someplace. When that person uh, is thinking about breaking this record, or when they eventually do break this record, what kind of advice do you have for that person? Yes, my advice is, I mean, of course, I'll, I'll be very happy if someone breaks my record. It, it, it's showing that uh, things are going, the standards are going more up and up. And yeah. I love to yeah. see that. And, uh, my advice is you have to work hard, of course. Without it, doesn't nothing comes. And, and apart from that, you have to be focused during the game. And basically, most of your time has to go into that only. Abhimanyu, uh, it, it's such a thrill and a treat to talk to you. Thank you. Same to you. Absolutely. And, and you're not just a grandmaster in chess. I, I hope you, we wish you nothing but the best in becoming a grandmaster in life. Thank you. And many congratulations again, Abhimanyu. In a world of pawns, you're the youngest king, and most of us are still just fumbling through finger failure moves. Hope everyone out there continues to stay safe, get vaccinated, and wear your masks when indicated. And lastly, a big 12-year-old happy birthday shout-out to another king who always stands out like no other, my nephew Shreyas. Till next time, I'm Abhay Dandekar. Because every story told is a lesson learned. Because every lesson learned is a story waiting to be told. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and I share stories about South Asian people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Hear it every Monday, Tuesday on Ruckus Avenue Radio or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Hina from Being Bramp and you can check out RuckusAvenueRadio.com for more information about the latest station programming and more.